welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Working out how to use marketing as a salesperson can incredibly revolutionize the way that you grow your business. With so many of us business owners being in charge of both the marketing and sales, learning how these two things fit together is so important. That's why I'm really excited to have Chris James on our podcast today for Mappet Marketing. Chris has got a great Instagram following. He's been building up a following around helping coaches and creatives win more clients. And he shares a lot of sales secrets and ideas and strategies to help people grow their business, particularly in that niche. He's going to talk to us about the relationship between marketing and sales, how to make sure that you're building that trust process, all those things that I always am so passionate about. I'm really looking forward to him sharing with us his insight and talking to us a little bit about what are the things that we need to be looking out for when we're using our marketing to help us in our sales process. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mappet Marketing. As you heard, we've got Chris James on our podcast today. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Excited to get into this. I am too. And thank you to everyone here who's tuning in and listening to this podcast. If it's your first time, please be sure to um, subscribe and so you can listen to more episodes. I've also put a bunch of other episodes that are related to this in terms of topics in the show notes. So if you enjoyed this one, those are the ones I'm going to say I think will fit you best. And all is and need to be on because we're going to start with getting Chris to tell us all about him and why I've got him on the podcast. He, he I hope he knows. I hope you know, Chris. You know, right? Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. We were talking about pineapple, weren't we? That was just for our little friend Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's going to tell us a little bit about his background, and then we're going to start talking about uh, the kind of that relationship between sales and marketing. Uh, both of us have a quite strong feelings around this and how we use marketing for sales or vice versa. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to this because I feel like um, even though Chris and I are on opposite sides of the world, we both have a very similar view, which is great. So Chris, over mm. to you. Tell us a little bit about you and why you do what you do. Cool. Um, I do what I do, which is sales, um, because I fell into it like a lot of people in sales did I think, <laughs> I think it was so. not intentional uh, I needed to leave I didn't need to leave geez um I wanted to leave my mum and dad's house uh, and to do that obviously needed to one needs to fund oneself right so yes. I was asking friends for jobs you know who can get me in somewhere and one girl said I, I, I know a place dead low wage come in and yeah it was it was similar to boiler room in many respects it was absolutely just an awful place to work. Uh, I was selling advertising space and That's there was no internet job. back then. Yeah, yep. I have done that same job. <laughs> yeah, gives you a bit of a backbone, some may say. So I had on the first day, basically, but it was cold calling this one. So we got the phone book ripped in half, me and another new recruit slammed on the desk. No, it didn't even have wire, a wireless phone. 
Um, no internet. I think one on each bank of desks, you had one person with a computer who you could double check something with if they would let you, because they tended to be the most powerful person on that bank, right? Um, so that went horrendously. I, I think I closed like two deals in six months or something, and they were about 300 bucks each or, or 200 quid each or something. Felt good when I did it. People were signing and sending back by fax. Um, this is making wow. me sound old. No, I, you look a lot younger actually now. Like I'm like going, I don't even know, but I, I'm relating to all of this because this was me as well when I was doing these things as I was using fax. Sometimes I'd turn up to someone and I was selling, I was selling things around um, signage, like, you know, getting nice signage. And then mm -hmm. I would talk about things and the person would be like, I, you know, I'm not even in the, I may, I've got an ad in the yellow pages. That was the only thing they had. You know, like it was hard, hard out. Yeah. I agree with you. This is hard. People don't remember that this was, we used to have to do selling one-to-one. -one. You had to do it one-to-one. -one. That was the only way to do it really, wasn't it? Yeah, when I left, they were they were just putting together sort of digital packages about, you know, this thing called the internet. Obviously, everyone knew what the internet was, but yeah. So that, that went, that serviced me for a bit and made me see the real, real graph that does go into taking someone from never, ever, even hear, heard of you, speaking to you, whatever it may be, all the way to a client, although it didn't happen that much. Um, and that was that was a ruthless environment. You know, if you, if you weren't wearing the right thing, one lad got his tie just cut because he, he did rubbish and he was wearing the wrong tie. Um, didn't happen to me. And then, yeah, I moved, moved around a bit, did a few different things and landed my job in a call center, which is sort of where my life changed. Actually, I met my wife and my best friend there. Um, they're not the same person, by the way, but she is. She is still a. She is still a good friend. Kind of. I'm friends with your wife. I'm friends with my husband. Yeah. good. Yeah, friend for life. Um. So that was 220 phone calls every single day. The they called it your gap time had to be under a certain amount. Your your toilet breaks and your break time were actually timed. Um. And that made that really really after working there for three years paints this picture that there's nowhere else to go and that's what a job is like right and that was that was crazy to think that I actually operated and worked for this employer who was so controlling and treated you like yeah. children essentially <laughs> but I'm still so aside from aside from my best friend and my wife and meeting them there um I'm really really looking back really glad I did it because it gave me a backbone and I'm no longer afraid of rejection and it gives you the discipline to carry on a proof that it is a numbers game even if your data's rubbish and you actually aren't that good but that that forced me into having to just do basically just do 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 lo and behold that's when I started getting really really good at sales and being once you gain that confidence of not being afraid to speak to someone you start to gain a bit of product knowledge and I elevated myself to almost the, the top of the the lower end of the company I was still a, a worker bee if you like but I was at the top then I got uh, an opportunity to sort of move into a recruitment sales role so got tagged me with that kind of thing um, and then my friend moved on at the same time and he went to market, marketing. He went to a marketing agency. He then went to another one. I pestered him for a couple of years. Can you get me a job? Finally, he, he got me a job with no marketing experience whatsoever. I was set up to fail. Lo and behold, all the, all the other salespeople who have been in that role, I've been there five years now, I've outperformed every single one of them. They've all either left or had to leave, been asked to leave. Um, and now I head up sales for an 80-person um, 
integrated marketing agency in central Manchester and we're, we're the fastest growing agency in the northwest of England. And some of the brands that we're working with now are absolutely phenomenal. You know, the likes of Subway, Heineken, FedEx, yeah, massive, massive brand. yeah. UK brands. And we're not working with them necessarily all the time, but breaking down those doors it's, using a completely different approach to these other guys who, who think they can sell digital marketing services um, but haven't got that cold call background resilience yeah. backbone whatever you want to call it um and look it, it worked it, it's it still is working um i've just got us on the supplier list for jack daniels for example That's which right. was a two-year a two-year job crazy but it's happened yeah. and then during covid i spotted some of dane walker's carousels big big fan of his design i was like i can do that and that's on instagram so, right on Instagram, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, at the moment, I'm only really using Instagram, although my main background, given the B2B experience I have, is is LinkedIn. So, saw Dane Walker's stuff. I could do that. Turns out I couldn't. I knew how to <laughs> how things should look. So I cop. I literally copied a few of his behind closed uh, closed doors and and yeah, engineered using the same images, trying to find the same fonts and learn behind the scenes, which I think is something a lot of people don't do. They learn out in public, which is good. But if you can just hone it a little bit behind closed doors and, and keep your craft silent for a bit. Anyway, I kept kept this quiet. Uh, and yeah, I, I posted with about 30 days worth of content ready behind me. And that's so interesting. Could... Is that because you've been practicing behind doors? So you actually created and kind of walked through what you wanted and then did it? Because I struggle with this because I'm a, um, I think I've got ADHD. And mm. as soon as I learn something, I want to apply it right away and I want to make it live. So I really love that you didn't do that. But I, I would, I struggle, I would struggle with it. Like I even, like I did a reel yesterday. I knew the best time to post it is at 6 a.m. this morning. I finished doing it at four and I'm like, damn, I'm posting it now. I can't wait till four. I can't wait till six tomorrow. Like I, I have really? issues with this. I am, I, I shoot myself in the foot all the time. So what you're saying is great because I, I work with people who are like you. And what I like about it is that you said, you know, create this bank. That's essentially what you did, right? When you were practicing. And so you yeah, knew yeah. when you launched, you would have 30 days of content because of that. Yeah, and I don't really know why I did it. I knew that I wanted to make my life a bit easier. Yeah, I, and at this yeah. stage, didn't even have a clue that I might be able to sell anything for mm. money using Instagram. It was a creative outlet because I'm quite a creative person. I've been creating content of different kinds, you know, for, for years, but without really even calling it content creation. So, um, yeah, put, put these things out couple of uh, incoming inquiries can you teach me how to do that and I, at, at this time I was just chris.james or something like that um, and this was only May last year so really really short space of time and people were people were getting in touch um, I was selling my services for $80 an hour or something like that which I spoke to another another coach and he was like what the hell are you doing yeah what are you yeah. doing? You, you need to you need to go in a completely different direction. So I literally just tripled my price, made my made my least bookable number of sessions ten, and then closed someone the next day. And at this stage, I, I still had a hundred percent closing rate on every discovery call, which I was just like, okay, there's some definitely something in this now. So then I started becoming like applying the content strategy knowledge that I have from my day job. You know, this stuff that we try and teach to clients. I was like, right, I'm going to apply sort of an organic funnel theory. I'm going to tag it all up. It took me, it took it, it took me a while to get it out my brain, but now that's the same framework that I teach to clients. And 
it's working. Does that it's walk working through crazy. that customer journey phase of like going and getting that kind of interest? Are you using that kind? I I don't use call it ADA or AIDA. I've got a different model, but is it essentially using that kind of format for you, like getting them to work through that trust building, so that when they're ready, they're just basically falling in? Is that what you're trying to do with that? Mine's yeah. Anyway, it's it's definitely journey based. Yeah. Um, I don't try and categorize too much, but I say that uh, everything, every action, every action you take on social, if you're a business owner, has and you'll notice a pattern. One of three um, objectives behind it: conscious or subconscious. So I've I've tagged it up as my own, and I've called it Grow G R O. So the G is you are trying to gain followers. You're trying to gain attention. That's almost basically your awareness stage. The R is for retain. So you're trying to retain that audience and keep them nurtured by constant content. And there are different types of content you will put out, wider content to try and attract people, whereas more specific content to retain them. And then the O is for obtain, and that's obtain clients. So I gain, like retain, that. obtain. Very nice rhyming. Um, one there very much yeah 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 um so uh, i'm not necessarily it's engineered on purpose to be like that um but yeah you see this i try and paint it as almost as an upside down pyramid like you would see a typical funnel it's all organic um and you'll you'll start to see the the big difference just even in headlines you know if, if you're looking at um seven things not to do on a sales call um that will be that will probably be the sort of middle of the funnel stuff yeah, be, it is. Uh, yeah. um then I, I will get a lot more specific steal my exact sales call framework that led to me working with x clients for x amount of money and that's kind, of thing. kind of obtain space going in deep yeah down. that's bringing people yeah. down and the ctas will be different on each one yeah. Um, and it will be leading people, as we say, not that's that's like the first stage of the journey. So you've got content or profile. People will see one or the other. Then we're going to try and take them on Instagram to almost the holy trinity of, of the DMs, yes. um, stories or to your link in bio. So once we've yeah. got and they all they all sort of work in conjunction with each other kind of um you know use stories to bring people to your dms then send them your bio link or they can just hit your profile go straight to your bio link or you know you might throw the highlights in there as well but yeah a few different options then it's essentially it's messages in the dms trying to qualify people this is what i teach to to coaches typically who require a call Um, and then it's sales call win uh, sorry sales call loss go straight back into the holy trinity keep nurturing keep putting the story content out there keep the messages going or it's win and then yeah. we onboard and then it's cross sell up sell down sell whatever it is so i really love this because i um i've just finished writing my book and it's coming out in about four months or so it's called be a spider oh, wow and so that upside down funnel what i talk about is i talk about how the bottom of that funnel the upside down pyramid sorry is i call that the hub and it's where the spider the spider sits and it's the stickiest part of the web and that's where if they come into the hub they're yours that's that conversion space of the stories the link and bio because it's basically bringing them to a decision point um, and so I really like this because that when you set up say, a pyramid, I do the same with, with a funnel. I always say I don't really like, I don't like the concept of a funnel when it comes to marketing, because like you've said, you know, you're, you've gone to, you're on Instagram, now you're moving on to LinkedIn. There'll be some crossover where some people might come closer to you on one of those platforms that they wouldn't have come on the other one. And so those are kind of the, your little radius lines. And then all the content is just drawing them under so that it gets stickier or more serious, the closer. So they come into that hub. So I really like that you use that analogy because it fits in really nicely 
Um, yeah, yeah. I'll totally send you a book to read. I'll, I won't make you read the whole one. I'll I'll do a stick it post it note and just like if you just read this page, this page, this page, Chris, it'll be in. Yeah. <laughs> just a few stick it out. Yeah, I've that's actually just job. gone to a, an app called Blinkist. Oh, I don't know yes. if you've heard of it. Blinkist is yeah, great. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a lifesaver. I actually paid for a year's subscription by mistake, Blinkist. If anyone's watching this, um, I actually just wanted a free seven day trial and <laughs> twenty seconds in, off. I paid. <laughs> I paid sixty pounds, so yeah. Uh, but now I'm forced to use it. I'm actually quite enjoying it. So fair play. Yeah, I am. Um, I have to say that I am a reader, but I think I struggle with reading and setting my mind and reading reading nonfiction nonfiction books now. So I now will listen to it on Audible. It's I do my exercise and listen to Audible at the same time. It's a bit hard when you're getting really inspired because I want to stop and take notes, but I've learned not to do not to do that tend to trip off the treadmill um and then and then what I do is I buy the physical copy of the book so I can kind of prove I've got it but also it means I've got something to refer to if I need to so I do think it's hard I think reading patterns have changed which is a completely different topic but um I love your growth thing I also really love it and I this is funny but because I I actually you told me who you work with and I was like you work with the big the three c's you know so it's coaches consultants and creatives so like you know you work for three c's but I really like this because your grow model is also going to automatically filter out all the grammar Nazis who are going to go, you can't call it the grow model because it doesn't have a W. Hmm. I can call yeah. it what I want. You can call it what you want. That's, that's, I know that comes across as arrogant, but I, I realized this when someone came into my DMs and uh, this, I could tell they were a time waster. Yes. So they said, can you help me with something? Like, yes, of course. Um, can you teach me how to close clients? I was like, yeah, sure, of course I can. Um, it's My program costs $5,000. And this guy, I just straight away told him that because I knew it was time-wasting and, and I wasn't in a, a, a free time state at this point. So I just thought there were a couple of other interactions that happened first, but I got the vibe. So I told him this and he said, what are you doing? You're not allowed to do that. Sales, you have to build rapport first. Where is your relationship building? I thought you were a sales guy. I said, I sent him an audio and said, look, mate, I'm really sorry if I've offended you, but can I just say I'm allowed to do what I like with my words and my offer and my business. So anyone can say anything about anything. It doesn't mean it's true. How much does my service cost? A million dollars. Can't afford it? Doesn't matter. It's not, it's, you know, and it does sound arrogant, but it's very true. And I also, I have a few clients and people come to me and just say, oh, I'm not sure I should do this. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure it's right for, for this reason or for these types of people. Or someone said I shouldn't. I was like, it's up to everything. It's up to you. You price your service. If people don't buy it, that's fine. So I really like this because I, I also use this technique quite a bit when I think someone is coming for free advice. So we actually have, if someone comes that I feel if, if in there, because they have to give us a bit of information when they make a time with us or when they first engage with us. And often like I'll look at that and go, I don't think they're going to fit our pricing structure. And, I'm, and, I'll, and I'll email them and look, I'll say, hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. This is basically how much it's going to cost. And here's two other options for you. And one of them is our free Facebook group. And the other is our online course, which is only 300 bucks, which is essentially working with me, but hands off. And, and so I do that. And it's really interesting. Around 40% of the people that I did think that with, the first thing I see them do within five minutes is go and join that free Facebook group. And I don't hear from them again. And so I used to do all these one-to-one -one meetings. And this is part of that whole marketing sales thing. I'm not interested actually in having a meeting with anyone unless it is 
a specific sales call. And that sounds very selfish, but my whole thing is market to the big group, serve them in your, in your, in your information, feed them and nurture and love them in your stories and your DMs. And then if you've got lead generation, but when it comes to sales meetings, Hey, if you're using my time to sell to me, for me to sell to you, you better be ready for me to sell to you, which is kind of a weird thing. And I, I don't know, that might sound even hard to you, but that's, I don't want to waste my time with a one-on-one unless I know it that doesn't, it doesn't, I completely get it because I've just looked at my time and it's really, really stripped. Yes. It's very thin. And I, I have a job. I have children. I have content to make. I have clients to serve. I have a wife. I need to go and look after my father three times a week. So the time that I have for these sales calls is extremely valuable to me and I need to be able to convert them into cash essentially not and and it's not for a selfish gain i don't do this just for money but when i do spend my time on a sales call it is a sales call um so i will i i will actively try and dissuade if that's a word or not persuade people to take calls yes and the minute i get a sniff that on the call that they're not right i will i will actively try to wrap up the call and, and push them in the best direction possible for them still try and give them a bit of value but this isn't going to go anywhere it's just yeah. Is not going to serve you well being on the call, but I think you don't you don't appreciate that until your time is limited. I think once your time is limited, big change, big change. Because one of the reasons I'm really passionate about this too with coaches and clients is a lot of and because I noticed um you have a link to book a I found a link and I don't know if it's still active, but it was a book a thirty minute discovery call with you link, and one of my things that I say to people who are doing in the coaches and consultant space is look. I'll say, do you have any lead generation? Do you have anything free that people can get so you can get them on your email list or things like that? What are you doing with your marketing to build that relationship and that nurturing? And they go, oh, mine is a discovery call. And I'm like, that's still just one-to-one. Like, you don't know what stage they're in the journey. If you're just doing a one-to-one discovery call, but they haven't been feeding through and messaging you on DMs and building that relationship with you first, you don't know if they're ready. Yeah, definitely. And lead magnets are... They're so important. I mean, I've always struggled with knowing whether I should have my discovery call link publicly available. Right now it's off. Yeah, I noticed that. I did notice it was off. Like I found it like from a weird way of looking for it. Yeah, you've got to be quite clever to find it, which is fine because if if you've done that much, you know, maybe maybe you do deserve uh, a call. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think it is in a lead magnet. It's in all my lead magnets. You can go to that link and book. Um, which again might maybe right, maybe wrong. I've I've had people saying you should protect it. I've had people saying it should be available everywhere. And you know what? If I didn't have a full time job and I didn't have a family, I'd be taking a lot more calls that were a bit more speculative. But yeah, there even the questions on the form are asked in a very very specific way um, that will allow me to look at the responses and go, right, this is worth. This is a call worth taking. But even then, those calls don't come through you know my my closing ratio this month is a lot lower than i'd like it to be mm. which is a shame but yeah. it's it's the way it goes because i have tightened up the reins and and removed that link so you only get it in the dm if you make a, mm. a good impression on me again sounds a bit hard sounds a bit arrogant you've got to make a good impression on me but no, I think it's, you I, have. Yeah, like I know you and I are both married, so dating is the only people we dated are spouses. But I always think it's a lot like relationship building and dating. Like 
you, you when you're going on a date with somebody and often you go oh I hope they like me but it's actually like will I like them you know like it's both sides like when you're when someone mm. like I quite often I've got people in the last year who've wanted to work with me where I've been like, I'm not even booking a call with you because I know that they're not going to be the right fit for us and our culture and I don't think it, it won't serve us it's not going to be a good relationship it will turn into a toxic relationship <laughs> because it's just the different value systems of who we are it doesn't they're not wrong it's just wrong for us I I think that's good and I was going to ask you about that conversion rate because I do think that one of the things I had to learn as someone who, like you, had done cold calling, is with cold calling, I think it's about a one in 10 hit, right? Is normally a good sign with cold calling that you're getting things right? I I don't know. My calls at the moment that I would make in my day job are nowhere near as much as I used to make. And in, in, for a marketing agency, a one call close is absolutely impossible. For... Oh, I just mean to get to the next stage. For, like, it'd be like, can oh, I? Oh, right. A, yeah. Maybe it depends if you're including. Maybe. So, if we went for like, if we went to the next stage, like, can I have a time to meet with you or something like that? That that would be a three out of 10, maybe. I reckon I'd say 70 to 80% for me, but I'm extremely targeted. You're extremely targeted. Yeah. Extremely. And I know exactly the right names to drop and work yeah. to talk about results to showcase. Um, yeah. And industry contacts as well, because I'm so focused on food, yeah. beverage and, and hospitality yeah. and at the moment. Those in, which increases that trust. So yeah, usually, I usually old- I get a meeting every time yeah. near enough. When I look at that old sales funnel, you know, you can often have a hundred prospects that might, and you'd only get like 10 sales out of that, or a good person will get around, around like approximately, depending on the industry would be that. But, and so that's that kind of sales call process, but you still have to make quite, have meetings with them and all those different things. Oh yeah. One of the things with the marketing that I found, because often salespeople will use that and go, well, you only get one out of 10 sales from your calls. And I'm like, not if you've done the marketing, if you do the marketing, it can, it can sit at 80% conversion to sale on that meeting. And that's that difference, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If you've not got that in place, well, one, you don't, you know, the targeting that you, the targeted list that you may be cold calling, for example, um, probably won't be up to scratch anyway. You know, if I know people, it's chicken and egg for a lot of people, but it, it really isn't. I don't think you need to have the content out there in this in this environment that speaks directly to those the wider content, like we mentioned, but also the content that speaks directly to your ideal customer. Um, that they can relate to that the minute you do, did make a cold call or the minute you are able to showcase the fact that you have an offer, they are ready and they are interested. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the marketing has got to come first. And we spoke about this just before we hit the record button, right? Yeah. The marketing has to come first. And the, the, what I take my my clients through is, is another three Cs, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> clarity on your offer. Clarity, content, closing or clients, whichever you call it, I call it closing. So if you've got the, if you've got the closing skills and you've got the content, let's say, but you haven't got the clarity on your offer or your audience, where's it going to go? You've got the clarity and you've got the content, but you can't close. That's cool. You look good, but you can't actually get anyone over the line. And 
yeah, if you've got the content and uh, I can't remember which ones I've done now, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think that works pretty well. It's interesting you say that because I went through last year on Instagram, I went through a huge identity crisis because I own Identify and Identity and Identify are very similar, but Identify. <laughs> and my job is to sell for my team. You know, we've got more than me as a strategist. We've got my husband does Zoho and other stuff and Active Campaign. We've got Facebook ads. People, we're like you, a small, t- but it's a really small team because we're focus on strategy and training so we're not doing and so we have this team and so for me I was like I don't know how to make this fit for who I am so I ended up splitting and I've created another Instagram account which I'm just at some point will have energy to properly do but it's ticking away that currently is sitting at a, that little Instagram account is around my thing in marketing which is personal brand which I can't do on my identify account because I'm feeding a whole bunch of people that we don't just do that stuff so I'm doing this whole thing. I've already had two clients from my lousy little 130 subscribe uh, little followers. I've already had two clients come from it because clarity, content, closing are all three things that are working on that account. Mm, nice. Is, you know, and so it's given me trust to go like onto LinkedIn. I've now changed my headline to focus on that too and go, actually, I'll break away from my identify thing and do that. And even since doing that, by just announcing that headline, I've had four or five leads just drop into my DMs going, ah, well, if that's what you're focusing on, can I talk to you about this? And I was good at that clarity. Yeah, I was good at content and I'm really good at closing. But that clarity is that thing. And I do think that one of the advantages lots of people have on Instagram is like you, you've, you we talked about how you don't like your, <laughs> you, you've named yourself sales guy. Is it sales guy, Chris, on Instagram? Because people are going to see it. We're going to push them to it. And you're talking about that and it's focused. Hello, we've just got a little visitor, which is great because I like little visitors. Hello. <laughs> do you want to say hello into the microphone? Hi. It's nice What's to see name? you. Ivy. That's a beautiful name. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Daddy, I've, I'm just on a very important call. You need to tell me one thing. You have to say it into the microphone. Then. <laughs> it has to be funny. So we were watching this film. Yes. And um, this boy with superpowers. Yes. His dad drowned. And um, the lightning, the lightning shows you the picture who killed him. So it actually wasn't the storm. That, oh, right. Yep. That's fascinating. It's actually drowned. We're not, we, we only promote, this This isn't like a really violent horror just for anyone watching no, this back. I, I trust you. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure everyone else will that's watching. It's, uh... <laughs> Thanks, Ivy. Um, right, we'll see Thank you, you Ivy. <laughs> Little input there. I'm going to Cut. tell your dad a book to read because I think he's going to love it. Um, I'll recommend it to you now. It's called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix about how to tell stories. I reckon if you teach Ivy some of those, she's going to be telling those stories on the stage because that was amazing. So what, yes, you, what was it from? It sounded like it was like the Rick Jordan or thing books potentially. No, it's um, what's it called? It's Raising Dion, I think it's called. She's watching on Netflix at the moment. Uh. Raising Dion. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Looks really good. Oh, that um, sounds good. I have to make but it. Yeah, good. it sounds like there might be some some murdering in there at some point. <laughs> Everything's got murdering in these days. All right. So we're talking Very about true. the three. So so I think with the clarity, <laughs> I agree with you that those are the three that people struggle with. Um, and I think hmm. people jump to closing and get frustrated that people aren't closing when they haven't done the work on the clarity and the content. 
massively yeah i get people coming to me because i have the word sales in my handle mm -hmm. um <clears throat> they what does everyone want right they they want the the six pack and the and the big muscles but the, they don't go to a gym yeah yeah, yeah, it's just a quick yeah. fix. And I think like I, I know that I occasionally do on my identify one, I occasionally will put a promo on there because I actually have good and get organic check. So I'll just say, hey, this is launched or whatever. But I don't really sell on my feed. And I know this is one of the things that you would also teach is that your feed, I always say the feed is to feed. Um, this uh, actually I had a saying, but I can't remember what it was. But it's basically like you know the feed is to grow is to feed them, and the stories are to sell. Feed is to feed stories are to sell, um, and mm -hmm. so that that sort of thing. And there, like that's what you would teach as well. I'm assuming is that you have different places to do these things to build those relationships. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you sell without selling in the feed. Yes, in my eyes. So, and I I know people hate that phrase, but you know what? It's true. You you selling you are you selling with everything you selling with your design you selling with your message you selling with your your process or or your opinion whatever it may be um, but there's a there is a way to sell in the feed that just isn't selling and then stories I, I will still push the occasional offer on a slide ten of a carousel for example Definitely. that's fine Definitely. try and drive yeah. a conversion of some kind sometimes that conversion is just asking for a like or a, a comment or a follow depending on on what objective you're trying to hit that day or with that piece of content uh, but yeah keep it to the stories but mainly i i try and keep it to the dms you won't see that much my sales content in stories now usually is because i'm getting quite a few through at the moment is client results and i'll just cool. i will screenshot from from a client conversation and i will post it in my stories because some of the messages I'm getting at the moment about the program are absolutely unreal. Um, so yeah, what, what's, you know, I don't need to say it. I'll let someone else say it. Yeah. And I think for me, the best form of marketing, I think that's one of the benefits that you get when you're marketing as opposed to sales. Like if you are trying to do like a sales call or a sales meeting and you're just bringing out like this presentation with this testimonial on it, it feels a lot more rehearsed than this organic, oh my gosh, look what I just got from somebody in today. And it feels like it's a lot more of an excited energy. You're not putting your sales button on, you're actually doing a sharing of your own personal experience, which is a lot more mm. interactive with, isn't it? Yes, for sure. And I think that that's what grabs people is the transformation, whether it's your own yeah. or whether it's someone else's, you know, where, where I started versus where I am now type content, but obviously in yeah. a bit more depth. Um, yeah. So if you can bring your personal stories into your content that actually relate to business and where you're trying to take people yourself, show that you were a beginner once, show how hard you had it, show the challenges you went through, the struggles and barriers that you overcame, um, then people are going to make it a lot more relatable than you just selling and talking but, about how good you are you can tell you can show how good you are without mentioning it once oh you can absolutely and i think like for you and i because we both often work with coaches and consultants and creatives um one of the things i often say is you're not your ideal customer but you might be a future version of your ideal customer and well, so well, showing yeah, that yeah. journey really helps doesn't it yeah definitely because that especially if you are a coach or a consultant you have you, you have to have been where your ideal clients are really absolutely or, or very very similar in a very similar place somehow but yeah i, I love that because i um we mentioned just before we started recording that both of us um have a, a common friend which is harrison um who is mm. imh creative and 
often the reason I say he's so good and I recommend people to for him for video is that he wasn't a natural video person like I'm not actually great to teach people about confidence in video because if I've got a camera on me I'm just like I'm happy to be here you know so like I'm good but he had to go through all that fear so that's what makes him such a powerful coach so when he tells that story people go damn this guy who looks all put together he was once where I am now and look what he's doing now. And I want to be that way. That's the power yeah, yeah. of the story, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I I speak to him daily on the phone multiple times a day at the moment. Mm. Uh, and I learn something from him every day. And hopefully he'd say the same about me. We're, we're massively helping each other out. He helped me strip back the, the diary. Basically mm. he, he, he probably couldn't have done that to his own diary. no, <laughs> Which is, it's very true, isn't it? You know, it's so true. Second, it's like second set of eyes. He was like, he was going yeah. through it like, why have you got all this in there? Like, why, yeah. are you, why are you being so granular about things? But yeah, back to his journey, 100%. And that shines, it also helps that he's a mega genuine guy and it shines through in his content, mm -hmm. right, too. Um, but yeah, I think that, that transformational piece almost from zero to hero is probably the best sort of story you can you can really tell aside from client stories mm. um which are obviously mega compelling if you get them right and i'll put a link to him in the show notes but one of the things i want to bring up because it's about you not him um is um i <laughs> one of the things that you have done really well with with harrison actually is the fact that you have done a collab with him or you've done a sharing of creating reels where you're both playing a character yes yeah we love that i don't know where we I think we did a live, but we, you know what he's like. He's, he's a, he's a funny guy. And he's when you really speak funny. to him in the DMS, he brings a good energy. And I, 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 I really fiend off that, um, fiend for that energy from people where as soon as I, cause I've got it in me, but if I'm not getting it from someone else, yeah, my no, energy doesn't you need come to out. Feed it, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do feed off it for sure. And I can't remember how it came about. I think we were going to do a, we were going to do a series of lives together and invite guests on and call it workaholics anonymous, because that was sort of the common ground that we found, you know, we both work far too much, both got kids, you know, both had a full-time job. Obviously he's quit, which is brilliant. Um, so he's left his full-time role now, but we just thought, I, I, I just thought we need to make this funny. So we did six, I think we've done seven now, actually, um, episodes of this Workaholics Anonymous, which is one of us. We, we change the roles every week, um, but one of us is working for a, an organization called Workaholics Anonymous, and the other one is a character ringing up, having some sort of stupid problem, some ridiculous problem, and Workaholics Anonymous give the just the worst advice ever, which is always, you need to work harder. Leave your wife. Forget what your wife says. Okay. Work harder. <laughs> So we have we've we've put the brakes on it for a minute just uh, for a minute just because we're so busy. But our idea is to have about 25, 30 written and then go and record them all in one go. So when that will come back, I don't know because we've got a few. We're working on a few things at the moment. Um, some of them are behind closed doors and will stay behind closed doors. Um, and they're just personal projects that we both help each other out with. But then there's this Workaholics Anonymous, which we think's got real legs. We think that could that could it's take good. off, but it yeah. requires a lot of work. That's the only thing. So when it we do does. when we do do it, we want to have it batched and have half a year yeah. ready to to just let it roll. Yeah, very good. I think I'm a big fan of batching content. I did 25 
TikToks yesterday. They were sitting in my drafts and then they'll all go out everywhere else. So, wow, <laughs> love it. Yeah, me too. And, me and too. I was exhausted. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. Um, this has been really great. And I'm just looking at, at, our, at our time because I think you and I could quite easily chat about this. And then um, Ivy will never get to say goodnight to her dad before she goes to bed. Um, <laughs> we're all right for time. We're all right for time for a little bit. I'm fine to go a little bit over. Don't worry. That was cool. So, uh, but when we're talking about marketing and selling together, what are some things in terms of like those coaches, consultants, creators, those people, like what are some things you say to them in terms of their output? Because I do think that often it's hard to work out, you know, how how should you be showing yourself up? Like what things are really, what content is really important to show to help people build that trust with you so they're going to take that next step with you? Like what things, what are some things that we'd want to see? For me, first and foremost, it will be well we work on the offer first yeah everyone i work with we work on the offer i've I, i've told two clients who started with me who haven't got mega design skills um i don't want you to post anything please until you've got 30 pieces of content ready i like that i really like that i don't, I don't know I why i've, I've done advice, that but i really like it i'm gonna i'm <laughs> gonna steal it because i like it yeah do it steal it because i think it makes sense like why would you try and be reactive in the day-to-day when you're trying to run a business if you had the option you would you would hire a designer and hire a content strategist hire someone to look at your brand unfortunately you can't get the grunt work out of the way me and i we have a rhyme you know once the hard work is out of the way all that's left to do is play and that's that's what i try and teach to her um so when we go running you know i put us through through some hard runs on the weekends some weekends um with the promise of big rewards because i think if you do that groundwork do that foundational work get it out of the way then and it's something i think i've learned from my dad who's a really really hard worker um so yeah it's it's instilling that if you can tick this box i'm in create content now you then have a couple of weeks where you don't have to worry about it at all because especially if you're looking at instagram it's the it's the most grueling platform in terms of how active you've got to be how frequent you've got to be on it and respond and engage and send dms and put up stories it's like a whole beast on its own as everyone is but i think that's probably the the worst in terms of um input so i don't know why i'm saying that because that's the one i've chosen and it is hard work it but, is hard um, work. it's but it's yeah. like i think it's hard work but it has high reward because you do get mm. responses if your work's working you get so many beautiful comments and engagement and so that dopamine kicks in so i do think that's why why a lot of us are attracted to instagram and i think too it's got so many different ways of communicating single images memes carousels short videos longer videos live stories like so whereas a lot of the other places are quite little in what they can what you can do with them bit limited yeah yeah it's, it's definitely the sexiest platform isn't it, it is. it's by far my favorite platform as a as a user to scroll through um however yeah a lot of work goes into it so that's that's sort of my number one thing about showing up um is is being ready first so but i also i think headlines design mega important even if it's not the best design just making sure that it's consistent because if you want to be known for something you need to be associated with with a few things that resonate with people consistently for you know to raise that awareness barrier and and brand recall or design recall or whatever you want to call it it needs to be as high as possible because the next time you show up you know i've had a couple of people message me and i definitely think this about other creators where i don't need to see the name above it or the logos or anything on the side i know it's their design yeah. even it's 
even if it's the through the design or just simply the message in itself or the choice of imagery or the position of certain things so that for me is quite a big quite a big piece it's huge um, yeah I was just I think say that's, that, that's the one, yeah. I listened to your podcast, a couple of your podcasts, which are lives, which thank you for that little hack because I've now used it with um, Sarah, who I do lives with, regular lives with. But um, she, you, a couple of them that you had, you've done, um, I knew those people, I follow them. And while you're talking to them, and this is just a proof of that branding, I can phys- physically, visually see their posts and what their posts look like because their post colors and images are so closely linked to their brand I've got this visual idea of who they are. Wow. Which just goes to show, right? And I'm thinking that's that is that is it, right? Like I can see yours, I can see Harrison's, um, Dan Thomas, I can definitely see his. There are um, yeah. people, you know, Stephen Mallard, there's people that I follow that I really like and admire. I go, I know that post is that person's post. Mm. Leah, Leah from, you know, Leah does LinkedIn, all of those, you know. And so yeah. it just shows that the branding is very important. And 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 I and I do always say too, you know. Make sure you've got if you if you're not using Photoshop, you make sure you've got Canva Pro. Create templates, get your brand colors, get them sorted so you've got them static, so you know that that's what you're going to be like. Canva bare minimum, yeah, I think that is. I made a couple of work carousels on there the other day. Um, it's so easy to use, so it easy. It is, it but it's got so many new things. Oh, I will just tell you, I don't know if you know this. Do you know you can now upload edit, uh, PDFs in them and then it makes an editable t- PDF and you can change it? Didn't know that, no, because I've been jumping around in, in Acrobat and that's a bit, that is a pain. Yeah, so you can, uh, this, I'm, I'm about to do a whole bunch of like videos around cool things that Canva can do now. And that was one of the ones I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I'll check that out next time. I've got a work issue with a PDF, which yeah, is a frustration plan. in okay, my so life. Work on the offer first. I 100% agree because quite often people don't know it or their offer isn't profitable or sellable or packaged in a way that people are going to want to buy it. So doing that, get your 30 pieces of content ready. Um, and then... What out? What would be another thing that you'd say would be like the next step from that? Follow the follow the formula in terms of the the funnel that we talked about. Yeah. So try and map out, especially at the start, if you're you know building a new brand, building a new page, and this isn't Instagram specific by any means, but no. make sure that you're focusing heavily on on the G and the R rather than yeah. just trying to obtain clients all the time. Yes, yeah. you need to let people know you have an offer, definitely, because otherwise no one will buy. But you you want to build that page, build. I, I, I know people say, you know, follower numbers don't matter. Yes, they they do because they are the social proof. Doesn't mean everyone has to be a a, a client or an ideal client persona fitting follower. Mm. Just just try and get that number up a bit, um, because when someone lands on your page who is an ideal client and they see that you've got seven followers it doesn't instill much confidence. No. I know a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people will say, you know, oh, you, you don't need 10,000. Fo- no, of course you don't need 10,000. You actually only need one. Of course, like, that's obvious. You only need one person to buy from you to, to have a client or maybe have a massively successful business, but it helps. Yeah. It increases the size of your, your network when you need things as well. It's so true. It's very true. It's, yeah, it's it's not just about it's not just about that. And you know, for for market research, analysis, people's preferences, you want to collect some data or, or or people's opinions, whatever it is. It means you can you can collect more data as well. You know, if you put out a poll and people answer it honestly, you've got some valuable data there. So it's it's things like that too. So um, not just 
not just trying to go after your ideal clients all the time. Yeah. Like, and they will find you if you do the, if you do the groundwork. Because yeah. I think you that will. one of the things, if we apply like what you're saying, the grow method to sales, to me, um, what happens if we try and use the obtain, like using your model, talk about obtain all the time, do salesy posts, that would kind of be like me walking into a sales meeting and before we shake hands and say hello and build rapport, which to me is that retain, that space, we're jumping straight to, hey, I'm going to tell you about my offer so that you can buy it. And I know I've been in sales meetings where I have skipped over that that rapport time, that retain, and the tone and the feel of the room changes and you have to step back and go right back to the game and that soft bit rapport to earn the right to obtain. Lovely, yeah. Brilliantly summarized. Couldn't agree more. I've done it. You know, I've, I've done it since I've been on Instagram, you know, sales, yeah. sales pros will do this, you know, they'll, they'll rush to get to the O when yes. you don't, you don't need to do that. Um, the only, the only time you, I would, I ever really try and do that is to get someone off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Me too. Sometimes I'm like, much. Hey, let's just wrap it up here now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so in absolutely. terms of that too, I think like for me, when I look at the obtain thing too, this is where salespeople in particular or business owners who are desperate and really need to grow, they stress because they don't understand how gain and retain can lead to, uh, gain and retain can lead to obtain. Because, that comes down to that hard work though, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It does take time. And I think that's the thing that, you know, I have had clients who are so stuck in a cold calling cycle, for example, will, or where they're just doing that thing that they've put all their energy into that. And the risk for them to take some of that energy and put it into a long term sequence where they're growing and retaining to get to that obtain is terrifying. And they can't see the other side of it, which is, yeah, but in six months, you won't need to be doing half of that cold calling anymore. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's, it's that long, what you say was the do the hard work before you play thing, right? Like that's that whole process there. Get the hard work out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, it, then it becomes more fun. I do the content, put in the long hours, send more DMs, respond to more DMs, post yeah. more stories. It's, it's, it's amazing how much it is common sense, but people aren't willing to adhere to it. I was exactly the same. Um, but now because I've done that and I've done massively late nights, I'm still at, at the moment completely shattered. I'm now able, I'm stripping that calendar back and I'm, I'm being a lot more intentional with my time, my actions. I've got stockpiled, content stockpiled for days, weeks. I don't have to make another piece of content for, um, and yeah, has it been, has it been easy? No. Yeah. Is, I, it is it going to be worth it? Yes. Because I do know like your three groups here, coaches, um, coaches, consultants, and creatives are all people who have often opted to choose that type of business because of lifestyle. And to get that lifestyle, there has to sometimes be a surge of uncomfortable time first to lay that foundation. And that's what we're saying, isn't it? You do have mm. to do that to get to the point where those start. Because I know for me, like I have only got 1,500 followers on, on Instagram, but I've got a lot more on, on, on LinkedIn. And I've got like a list and those things. Sales are easy, easy for me. Like I launched something and we got double what we expect to get from it. And I only use my list and my Instagram stories That's pretty and my group. That's all I used. You know, it felt easy. But I started four years ago building that. Yeah, how, how many sales did you get at the start? Oh, the first time I did, the first time I did like my public event thing, I think I had like, it was free. It was a free day's training, had eight people to it. 
The last one I did before COVID happened, we had to get a, get upgrade the room twice to fill people in. And even then they were jammed packed. And I had people running up to buy from me halfway through the day. And I didn't even oh, do my nice. offer yet. But Amazing. that's the growth, you know? And so you have to start with the little bit first. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding right there. Um, the thing is, I think humans are sort of naturally designed to seek out comfort. Uh, we are. So yeah. <laughs> if, if you can, if you can find an easy route, cut a corner, not do the work, skip the workout, you know, go on your phone and just scroll, you're going to do it. Why? Because it's easy. Because yeah. it's easy. It doesn't require any brain power or sweat or tears or mud under the fingernails, whatever it is. And I think you don't grow unless you do that. Yeah. You have to you have to go through it. and I, I what I like though is you've put things in the right order. You have to have a tight offer. You need to know exactly what you're offering. Then take some time to really think about how you're going to present that offer. Create those 30 pieces of content and really focus on the gain and retain in that content is what we're saying, isn't it? With a little bit of 100%. a feed through that obtain, but gain and retain. And then launch with that and focus on building those relationships, trusting the process and helping push those people eventually to come and talk, build relationships, send messages of welcome to your followers, love every single follower that comes to you when you start to build that and you'll see growth from that. Definitely. I messaged every single one. Every single one. So I think I should have done that. I love that. I really love that. And I think I'm going to start doing it. I did do that with um, with our MAPIT group. We, you know, I do like a little video message, a little video message. And I do think building that community is really important. So yeah, I think that's great advice. Now, if people have listened to this and gone, damn, I need Chris in my life. I have heard he's got limited time. So I need to work out a way to find a way to get this information that he's doing so I can make my sales better with my marketing. How do they get hold of you? The best place at the moment is Instagram. And that's at salesguychris, or one word, obviously. Uh, Look at that, Harrison's text. Oh, twice now. There we go. <laughs> um, said, I'm sorry I was busy with someone who likes pineapple on pizza. Oh yeah, I'll be happy, happy, happy to tell him that. Um, <laughs> after we, after, before we get off, you'll have to send him a video. I'll do a voice recording of you, but you can say it, and it'll come from my phone. I think that'll be hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> <gonna> do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I've forgotten the question now because I've started thinking about winding Harrison well, up, which is one of my get, hobbies. Yeah, that's a good idea. Where do uh, where do people get to get in touch with you? Sales Guy Chris on Instagram. Um, there's no point going to salesguychris.com, but I'll plug it anyway in case you want a freebie because that will just take you to a freebie page and there are no contact details on there. Um, okay. But yes, if you are looking to looking to expand your business, online business and client base through content, which is what I specialize in and definitely worth a conversation. Uh, I help people of all levels, established businesses, also beginners um, through my program, which is called Content to Clients. And we focus on the exact strategies that we've talked about in this in this podcast. So yeah, I would love to have a conversation just in the DMs, find a bit, out a bit more about where you're trying to get to. If I can help, I would love to love to take the conversation further. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm going to share at the end um, and the, after we finish this in the little bit that everyone's about to listen to, um, just to go through that grow phase again and just walk through with you again in a summarized way um, the information that Chris shared because it was super helpful. Thank you so much, Chris, for being part of the Mapit Marketing Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a great time. Could have gone for another hour, I reckon. I know, we totally could have. Have you back later. <laughs> <laughs> 
So many of the skills that we need as salespeople and marketers are related to people who have more time, more resources. And for many of us as small business owners, that is not possible. That's why I really loved this podcast with Chris James, who talks about having very little time and very little time to put into marketing and also lead generation, conversion to sale and working with clients and how to manage that process really well. If you're spending a lot of time in backwards and forwards sales calls, perhaps you need to focus on creating better content on the front end of that in your marketing, building that web of content to help people build that trust with you to make the process easier. That's definitely something that we have done at Identify and as part of my new book, Be a Spider Builder Web, which is coming out in May, little plug there. I think Chris's help at the end was fantastic around how to improve the conversion from your Instagram feed to your stories and then into your DMs and talking about what you need to do there. I'm hoping you found this useful. Now, next week, it's going to be me and I'm going to be talking to you about the sales strategy process, just around how to make sure that you've got different things, what you should be saying in a sales meeting. Um, And this will fit whether you've got a cold sales lead or a warm one, anyone that's coming through and has made an inquiry, how we're going to talk to them to help work out what they need and how then you can provide a statement of work or a proposal afterwards. Looking forward to doing that with you. Like always, please do rate and review if you've loved this podcast. Um, Please share it with your friends. And if you need any more help and support and advice, come along to our Mapit Marketing Group on Facebook. We'd love to see you there. See you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.